ghost emoji. It's me, Taylor. Also me, Becca. I did it. Everyone said I couldn't do it. And I said, sit down and be quiet and get a snack. I'm gonna, I'm doing it. I'm doing the damn thing. It's true. You did the damn thing. (laughs) I'm so proud. Didn't cough or nothing. Or forget what you were even going to say. Yeah, forget how I open. It's always just, hey, friends. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. nice. It's got everybody in there. And even if you're not my friend, now you're going to have to say it to my face because I'm counting you as one of my friends. Are you ready to hurt my feelings? (laughs) Email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com and say, you're not my friend. (laughs) I want to be excluded from this narrative. (laughs) Shit. Yep, we're back. We're hanging out. Hope everybody is doing okay. I would agree if you agree, to just not talk too much about all the stuff that's going on and just focus on the good stuff. Is that cool with you? Who, me? Yeah. Okay. Unless you want to talk about it. No, I'm good. (laughs) I just want it to be a a nice podcast. It can be a distraction, so you don't have to think about any other stuff that is going on. Yep. And that's kind of why I picked the topic that I did the research on this week. We're doing infrasound and the paranormal. And that's infrasound. Sounds that are so low that the human ear cannot hear them. Because science. I I wanted to, to find something that explains some hauntings, because that's my favorite part of most of our podcasts is the end part where we get to go in and be like, here's why it's not a ghost. Man, this really, like says something because it's my least favorite part where I'm always like, well, you know, they say that maybe it's not real. My favorite part is like when we get real wackadoodle. That's my, I love it. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about the wackadoodle, but this part is I get I get the shivers. I get the, the shakes. I say, mmm, mmm, so nice. Mm-mm. Just like sinking into a, a big warm tub full of science. Boring. No. The, this whole thing, it's all great. It's good. Lots of sources. We're going to have an excellent time. Are you, are you ready to dive in headfirst into the science? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm so hype. Oh, my God. I love science. Oh, man. I love science. <laughs> going to jump science up and rules. do a bunch of jumping jacks. Yeah. I'm going to punch the air. <laughs> I'm going to jump up into a freeze frame. I'm going to I'm going to just lose my shit over science. Ryan's going to come in and be like, "Are you okay? <laughs> They're having a conniption in here." Maybe, but it's because science. So, I have a couple couple sources. Most of them are just websites. I wonder if I'll ever read a real book for this podcast. Probably not. I did it, and I'm proud of you. That was when I knew you were serious. Still don't understand fucking ley lines. Still have no idea how they work. Still don't have a map of them. Read a book. Read two books. Yeah, two damn books. Anyway, so some of the articles I read on the internet were Got a Ghost Problem? It Might Just Be Infrasound, written by Ruben Westmas. Science of the Paranormal, Can You Trust Your Own Mind? by Stephanie Pappas. There was a podcast episode, which is where I originally heard about this, and I remember listening to it on a drive back from either 
Houston or, or Austin a long, long time ago. But I just was like, wow, that's that's wild. I can't believe it. Whoa. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I was kind of surprised when I saw when it had come out. But uh, it's a podcast episode called Ghost and the Infrasound by Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Mm. Yeah, it's by the, like, the podcast network that does Stuff You Should Know and Stuff You Missed in History Class. And it was the one that kind of went over like paranormal, cults, conspiracy theory type things. And it was pretty interesting, but at one point I fell off and I don't know if they still do it, but this episode really stuck with me. And then I read a paper by Vic Tandy who's our main dude, and it was called Ghost in the Machine. Whoa. It's not very long, but I read all seven pages of the PDF. Well, hot damn. So, like a little baby book. Mmm. Paper's just a baby book, you know? I mean, that's true. It is. Okay. So, our story, the main one that really got me interested in this topic, starts back in the 1980s when an IT lecturer named Vic Tandy was working at a company that made, like, medical equipment. I remember reading the article, and I don't remember what kind of medical equipment it is. I think it was anesthesia stuff. It's not important. Uh, But they did have a lab at the office that had a reputation of being haunted. Uh, People often felt like they were being watched when they were in there, and every once in a while, someone would actually report that they had seen someone in the room with them, like out of the corner of their eye. Part of the paper that I read, The Ghost in the Machine, it's kind of a long quote, but I felt like he got the feeling together pretty well. And especially because Vic Tandy seemed like kind of a a dude after my own heart. He was like, okay, whatever, it's haunted. Big whoop, probably not. Actually, almost exactly like me, because everyone thinks there's a ghost in our office, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. No fun. No fun at all. I just, the only time that there was, like, a good evidence for it, it did it did its little ditty without me. Because it knows you're the only one who doesn't believe. So why would, didn't would it want to show me then? So it can give it more no. power? No. <laughs> I can't remember if we've told this one on here before, but we were, in our office, we kind of work in, like, with radio stations and stuff like that. So we have these autographed guitars up on the wall. And there's one that sometimes when we're, like, walking by, someone will, like, strum it or they might knock against it and it goes off. But we had just gotten back from lunch and our little office kitchen is really close to one of them. And I hear the guitar strum, like, really loud and everyone loses their shit because they were like, no one was touching it and it strummed so loud. And everyone was, like, looking in that general direction, except for me. (laughs) I was putting some leftovers in the fridge, and by the time I came out, so in my brain, I was like, you probably just knocked up against it, but everyone swears that it just, with no one nearby. So I'd like to have a sidebar here. Yeah? Um, Something you should know about Taylor is Taylor doesn't believe anything's happening. This sidebar isn't with me? Who's this sidebar with? Everyone else. Oh, Everyone else listening. All right, I'll just sit over here, I guess. Good. Do it. Taylor doesn't believe in anything that she can't see, and she especially also doesn't believe anything's happening unless she's there. Like, her object permanence, basically, it doesn't exist. She's like, nobody exists unless I'm in the room with them. I'm like a cat. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Take that with a grain of salt. Just, I'm just saying. As soon as I put my head in that fridge, everybody disappeared. Yep. She's like, well, it can't happen because I didn't see it, so. 
Never mind 20 other people are like, it happened. She's like, well, I didn't see it, so. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so this guy, Vic Tandy, wrote, there was a feeling, oh, and it's kind of weird because he, he is in the paper, but he refers to himself as VT instead of being like, I found blah, blah, blah. So if you hear VT, that's the author of the paper. Um, there was a feeling of depression, occasionally a cold shiver, and on one occasion a colleague sitting at the desk turned to say something to VT, thinking he was by his side. The colleague was surprised when VT was found to be at the other end of the room. There was a growing level of discomfort, but the workers were all busy and paid it little attention. That is until VT was working on his own one night after everyone else had left. As he sat at the desk, writing, he began to feel increasingly uncomfortable. He was sweating, but cold, and the feeling of depression was noticeable. As he was writing, he became aware that he was being watched, and a figure slowly emerged to his left. It was indistinct and on the periphery of his vision, but it moved as VT would expect a person to. The apparition was gray and made no sound. The hair was standing up on VT's neck, and there was a distinct chill in the room. As VT recalls, it would not be unreasonable to suggest I was terrified. What a way to say that. <laughs> this guy is, like, really into swords, so it makes total sense. <laughs> How do you know he's into swords? That's part of, that's part oh, of the thing later. Oh, God. Does the sword, like, fall down and stuff? No, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> VT was unable to see any detail and finally built up the courage to turn and face the thing. As he turned, the apparition faded and disappeared. There was absolutely no evidence to support what he had seen, so he decided he must be cracking up and went home. Huh. And then soon after, I read some things that said it was like the day after, but I didn't go back and reread the paper. I read all seven pages. I was exhausted. I could not, I could not do it again. No Don't more. Don't ask me to. <laughs> Please, no more. <laughs> but soon after, Vic brought his fencing foil to the lab because he was an avid fencer. As most IT nerds are, I think, okay. in their hearts. <laughs> if you're not a fencer, you probably wish you could fence. I feel like I would like to have learned how to fence. So I don't know what that says about me, but I guess that, that time has passed. I feel like you could still get into fencing. There's still time. But what if it's like people who get into Taekwondo at my age and it's just everyone else in the class is like six years old? Mm. Because there's not enough to fill an adult class. Mm. And then I have to sword fight a baby. Mm. That's a good point. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to have to think about that one for a minute. <laughs> anyway, so he brought his fencing foil because there was some equipment at the lab that he was like, oh, I can use this to fix my sword. Something was wrong with it. Um, but he used one of the clamps in the laboratory. But as soon as he put the blade in the clamp, it began to vibrate like really wildly. And his nerd brain was like oh my god and then he calculated that the sword was responding to a vibration in the air of about 19 hertz so it was a very specific one but it was resonating with the sword and 19 hertz is just outside the range of human hearing he then pinpointed the source of the sound to an industrial fan and as soon as they flipped the fan off the ominous presence that everyone had been feeling for however long just disappeared. There was an oppressive feeling that people sometimes reported. It dissipated, and nobody ever saw that shadowy shape that kept popping up in people's side vision or whatever. Never showed up again. So it was just the fan? 
the fan was like vibrating against something and creating a sound that was just below human hearing and it was affecting their bodily responses to stuff. That's very weird. It is weird. But we'll explain it as we read on. If if you want to take it, take it from here. You got it. So what does it all mean? What does it all mean? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> shouldn't have let me read this. Part. I just I just see you like walking out from behind a curtain, and you've got a <laughs> little like a little bubble bubble pipe. I'm wearing a doctor's like uh coat doctor coat yeah doctor's coat i almost said robe and i'm like that's not the word um it's a very different feeling dress like hugh hefner with a bubble a bubble pipe but you're in a doctor's office yes but i'm in a doctor's office um so what does it all mean basically if you're experiencing haunting symptoms like an unshakable feeling of unease or a mysterious presence that disappears when you look at it the solution may be as simple as infrasound Sound waves with frequencies below the lower limit of human audibility. What is it about sounds around the area of 19 hertz that disturb us so badly? It might be our subconscious mind trying to get our attention. The human ear starts picking up sounds at around 20 hertz mark, but uh, there are other ways that we can detect sound. Like when you stand next to a subwoofer at a concert and you feel the sound in your chest more than with your ears. So when there's a sound that we sense but we can't hear, the body might be thrown into a panic, which is a response left over from more primal times. Um, Many animals make noise in the infrasound range, like alligators, rhinos, tigers, and elephants are all known to bellow infrasound frequencies loud enough to be heard for miles, and if you can't hear them, you might still feel them. All of these animals are are animals that you'd want to give a wide berth. Obviously, in your home or business, you're not likely to feel threatened by wild animals, so the brain may interpret it as a paranormal threat instead. Chemicals. It's your it's your brain being like, you're in danger, girl. Okay, Coraline. <laughs> is, is that Whoopi Goldberg from... from oh, it is, but they also... The, the little girl ghost, I can't remember her name, but she says... I guess she's referencing that, but she says that to Coraline in Coraline. <laughs> Yep. Wow. You in danger, girl. But, yeah. So it's it's a sound hypothesis. It makes sense. But people have tried to take it and prove it without a doubt. And it's been a little harder than I would like it to be because I was like, this is so cool. This explains so much. I mean, I think Infrasound came up when we did our episode on the Dyatlov yeah. Pass. As one of the things where they were like, it could have been like the way that the, you know, wind was coming down from the mountain could have vibrated at a very specific frequency and thrown any everyone into a panic that didn't make sense. That was totally unreasonable. And so it it's something that on its face could explain a lot of things, but it's really hard to recreate in a lab, except for this lab. Every article I read all referred this story from Vic Tandy because it was such a specific instance that could be pointed to and be like they turned it off and it all stopped and it had been going on you know long before this dude showed up dang so anyway so proving this notion has been kind of difficult lots of things create infrasound from wind gusts of air conditioners to earthquakes in one experiment researchers used hidden infrasound generators during ghost tours given at mary king's close in how do you say that? Edinburgh? I feel like I always mispronounce yeah. names. 
Because there's like it's a Edinburgh. secret way that people pronounce it. I think it. once it's when there's like L's and H's. Like it's like Edinburgh or something. Yeah, and C's. That's when you start to get a little dicey with British names. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Mary King's Close in Edinburgh, United Kingdom. Um, the Close is now underground, but in the 1600s, it was a series of narrow alleyways and passages through tall buildings. So lots of cool wind sounds going through there, I'm sure. Uh, local legends tell of plague victims bricked up in the walls. And during a city ghost festival back in 2007, some unsuspecting tour groups were blasted with infrasound as they roamed these creepy passageways. The results revealed no difference in the number of people who reported a paranormal experience, whether they'd been exposed to the infrasound or just to regular ambient noise. However, the group of people that were exposed to infrasound did report a greater overall number of spooky experiences, with more people reporting multiple experiences. So, you know, say five people went through and in each group, two of them said that they thought they saw a ghost mm-hmm. and that ambient group the two people would have seen like one ghost apiece but in the infrasound group those two people would have seen multiple things throughout the tour dang which to me says kind of hard to quantify but they still had more experiences but uh 20 of those in the infrasound group reported feeling the temperature rise during their tours compared to only five percent in the ambient noise group so some results but they said that it was not really a ringing endorsement of the notion that ghosts are simply sounds below the threshold of human hearing because people in haunted houses usually report cold spots instead of feelings of excessive warmth, which I don't think is totally true. I feel like I've heard haunted house stories where they'll talk about a room getting really, really warm, but I guess cold spots are probably more common, maybe. It's possible. But And it's not clear why infrasound would lead to an increase in spooky experiences per person, but not more people overall. So, like, why did two people see lots of ghosts versus all five of the people in this made-up group that I'm talking about? Yeah. So here's my hypothesis. Hit me. Do you want to hear it? I do. What if the infrasound does make people more paranoid, but it just, like, increases... The because it's a frequency, right? Yeah. What if it increases like the the frequency that a apparition or a spirit is able to like manifest, and it's easier to see them for people who are sensitive? Because if it's the same, like essentially two people who would have seen stuff, what if they're more likely to see things because of the like frequency interacting with the spirit or whatever? This is all supposing spirits are real. You Now you got me, because now you're trying to tell me that ghosts are frequencies, and I'm like, science, science ghost. Science ghost? Ghosts. I don't know. It's a really wobbly theory, because I don't know anything about sound or frequencies or ghosts, but- You're not a physicist? No. I know this is a shocker, but I'm not. I mean- there is something to be said for that, or it could be that maybe it puts you more in a panic, and so maybe you just notice more things mm-hmm. where you might normally not pay attention. Also possible. 
So Christopher French is a psychologist at Goldsmiths College of the University of London who researches the roots of paranormal experiences. French and his colleagues have found little evidence that infrasound and electromagnetic fields explain ghostly apparitions. He and his team tried to create scientific hauntings by by building a chamber in which participants were exposed to 50 minutes of infrasound, complex electromagnetic fields, both or neither. The participants then reported the sensations they'd experienced during their time in the chamber. Uh, So a majority of people reported some sort of weirdness during their experiment. Almost 80% said they'd felt dizzy. Half said they'd felt like they were spinning. And 23% felt detached from their bodies. Notably, 23% also said they felt a presence and 8% felt sheer terror. Mm. Some of these experiences certainly mimic the feelings of a haunting, others not so much. 5% of the participants uh, reported becoming sexually aroused, for example. But You haven't heard our episodes on ghost sex. <laughs> that ghost is like, hey, baby. They're like, hey, baby. Uh, 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 hey, uh, um, hello. Yikes. Uh, But when the researchers analyzed the data, they realized it didn't matter which experimental condition the participants were in. It made no difference if the electromagnetic fields were on or off, or if the infrasound was booming, French told Life Science. Instead, they did find that the participants' individual levels of suggestibility influenced the result. The most parsimonious... Is that a word? Ooh, 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 yeah. Okay. (laughs) The the most parsimonious... (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck just use the most like- parsnipmonious <laughs> okay the most parsimonious explanation is just if you say to suggestible people go in here and you may have some weird experiences and so some of them do french said yeah <laughs> i mean that makes sense I don't know if there's a way to tell someone to go into a big chamber and tell them how you feel that's not going to make them kind of... Nervous? Yeah, or have some expectation that they're supposed to feel something. Or like you're waiting for something to happen, but nothing ever does, and so you're just constantly like, I feel weird. Mm-hmm. Or if you're yeah. waiting for something to happen and it makes you feel panicky, or if you're just totally yeah. alone for an hour in a room that's, you know... Maybe because it's putting weird sounds on you, or maybe just because you're like, God, it's so quiet in here. I can hear my own organs. Oh my God. What's going on? I feel so panicked. Do I know how to breathe? <laughs> well, how do lungs work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a better way to do that experiment, but again, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, we got them. Infrasound. And then they were like, eh, mm. not so much. Yeah. Part of that sounds like it's a problem with the experiment more than anything. Well, I was telling Mark earlier when I was talking about this episode because I was really excited. Um, I remember it must have been either when I was finishing up college or had just finished it. And him and his roommate had, I guess, read up something about it must have been about infrasound or something similar. And so we had done this thing where they were like, all right, put on these headphones and it's going to play a sound that you may or may not be able to hear and then tell me how it makes you feel. And it was supposed to be that certain frequencies would make you feel happy or sad or scared or or whatever. And it was really difficult to, to differentiate, like, am I kind of reaching and trying to, like, am I forcing myself to think that I feel a certain way 
Or am I just kind of feeling laughy and happy because I feel stupid that I'm sitting here waiting to feel something from this frequency that I'm supposedly listening to? Hmm. That's an interesting, like, experiment, but... Yeah, I mean, a much, like, smaller version of what this guy did, but I mean, I remember putting the headphones on and, you know, saying that one would make me feel like, you know, I'd be like, oh, this kind of made me feel uneasy, but then half the time, this was a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what the results were, but I don't think very many of them were accurate. It would be like, no, that one was supposed to make you feel like laughing, and I'd be like, no, I just felt kind of scared. (laughs) yeah that's not that's the opposite so (laughs) but as french's work suggests the real cause of hauntings may simply be the human brain in one study published in 1996 in the journal perceptual and motor skills two participants asked to keep a diary about poltergeist-like activity in their homes for a month suddenly started seeing evidence of uh, potential poltergeists all over the place In a follow-up paper in the same journal, the study researchers hypothesized that haunting events happen because people misperceive slightly ambiguous events as paranormal and then become primed to look out for even more weird stuff. So just a lot of, like, confirmation bias kind of thing, which, science. Science! (laughs) Works for me, but I just thought that the infrasound thing was, was really neat. But it has been hard to recreate. So obviously this isn't an end-all, be-all explanation for hauntings. But I think it would be really cool if you could go to places like this that have a big reputation of hauntings and see if there is just like a loose grate somewhere. Or, you know, the wind goes through an old castle a specific way and that's why everyone, you know, has uneasy feelings when they go through it. It would be really interesting to see, like, how much of it might be caused by things like that. Yeah. And I know some people want it to really be ghosts, but isn't it also kind of scary just to think of how much your own brain can fuck with you? Uh, yeah, that's way more scary, honestly. That's why I want it to be ghosts. You're like, so, come on, give me all these ghosts. Give me buckets of ghosts. My brain fucks with me enough. I'm good. I think that it can just take a break and we can just let it be spirits fucking with me instead of my own my own uh, brain just betraying me constantly. So whether it's your brain or it's ghosts, it's still spooky. You decide. I decide. <laughs> I decide. Well, have you watched anything cool, anything spooky or scary, or anything just like chill and nice? Um, I'll take either today. <laughs> you know, I I, there's lots of scary stuff, but I don't really want to talk about it. Let's talk about Animal Crossing. That's right. That's all I've been doing for the last, how long has it been? Three days? Two days? I say, it came out, like, what, like, really late Thursday night? Time and space has lost all meaning. <laughs> I've skipped forward, like, six days in my game because it was too fucking slow. I wanted my house, and I wanted my neighbors, and I didn't want to live in a tent. I'm sorry, Tom Nook. I'm skipping ahead. I'm going into the future. Damn. My DS did not know what year it was. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, I think when you skip forward, the villagers in your town should get time sickness and have a breakdown. <laughs> And I was like, oh, damn. Who said that? Just someone. I saw a tweet going around and I was like, fuck. Jesus. 
That they shouldn't be punished for my misgivings. And there's <sighs> got to be consequences. But they should be for me. Some life is strange shit. <sighs> How many well. realities are you creating? <laughs> Uh, I got one of the new villagers. I got uh, Sherb, the little blue goat. Little Sherb. Blue goat boy. He's in my uh, town. And I have... There's a chicken lady named Plucky, which I didn't really understand her name. Um, maybe Clucky would have made more sense, but Plucky didn't really. Um, and then who else? Uh, Hamlet. He's a little hamster. Little jock hamster. He's been in there before, is he new? He's not new. Um, And then I also got Daisy, the puppy. And then Penelope is supposed to move in, and she's a mouse with a bow, and I don't really like her, so I'm planning on (laughs) abooting her and uh, getting, and possibly plucky, and using my amiibo cards to get Julian and Ketchup. Well, not Ketchup, because I don't have an amiibo card. Julian and Groucho. Oh, yeah, get Groucho back in there. I know you love Groucho. I love Groucho. Big blue cranky bear man. He looks so cranky, but he's actually very nice. Like, this is just my face. This is just my face. I love him. I would die for Groucho. I want to see him in the, the new high-res Groucho. I want to see my boys. But anyways, that's what I've been doing. And it's been great. And I'm going to go play it after we finish this. Good. Well, I won't keep you much longer. <laughs> Time to get get back get back on the island. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can interrupt my busy day of playing Animal Crossing to record our fucking podcast. I gotta get out of here. My villagers need me. <laughs> They're dying. They don't know what to do. Time time has stopped for them. They don't it doesn't no, matter. I'm I'm actually fine. I'm good. Uh I have consumed many scary things, I think. You were watching Resident Evil 3, right? Or were you playing it? I played it. Oh, shit. Yeah, I played it. I'm bad at games. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, Resident Evil is... Scary games are different than regular video games, though. It's true. But so I, I downloaded the Resident Evil 3 demo, which I read online. They were like, it's so short, but it's really good. You know how long it took me to beat that motherfucker? Like an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Fuck. I died three times. It it came on and was like, do you want some help? Oh, do wanna, no. Do you want to play on assisted mode? And I was like, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I I'm do. Here, I'm really called out right now. I'm here to have fun. I know. I mean, I was looking for that. When I first set it up, I was like, this brightness, I'm going to turn it up just a little bit so these zombos don't really sneak up on me. They still <laughs> did. And I was looking for, like, aim assist, and it was grayed out, so I couldn't pick that. And I was like, all right, you're going to be like that, Capcom? Fine. Shit. And then... I died several times. Nemesis kicked me on the ground and stomped on my head or whatever Uh, the fuck he does. Is he the big guy that just runs at you? Like, full? Yeah. He's got, like, a snake arm or whatever. I I tried not to look at him because they were like, just run. And I was like, okay, you try and run. We got a tentacle wrapped around your leg. But, yeah. So then it popped up and was like, do you want some help, little baby? And I said, yeah, I do. (laughs) Gaga. And they're like, all right, here's an assault rifle. Here's some extra inventory. Whenever you make ammo, it's going to make like way more. And I was like, all right, this is sweet. I just wanted to do this from the beginning. Why did you have to make me play? I beat it in like 
15 minutes after I had that, so... Yeah. I'm bad at games, but it was fun. You know, obviously, Resident Evil is maybe not for everybody because it is a little spooky, but I had a good time. It was fun. I'm also re-listening to The Magnus Archives, which is a podcast about, like, I don't know, it's a dude reading these archived scary stories, and eventually there is an overarching plot, but it's essentially just a guy reading scary stories to you, and... I just really like it, and it's pretty far in. They're about to start season five, barring any, you know, weirdness with recording, given the the mess that's going on, but it's been, it's been so fun to re-listen to it, because it's good the first time, and then you realize on a re-listen how much is going on. Like, just from the very beginning, there are so many main characters and, and main story stuff that happens in, like, the first ten recordings damn but but it's just really good and the episodes themselves are not super long they range from like 15 20 minutes to to maybe like 30 ish minutes and just nice i say easy listening they are kind of scary but uh and i've recommended them before but you know if you got some time on your hands and you want something to to have on it's it's just very good and i recommend it 100 percent Maybe I'll listen to that while I play Animal Crossing and just really confuse my brain. <laughs> It'd be like, are you are you scared? Are you chill? What's going on? How are you? I love escapism. <laughs> <sighs> but yep, that's it. That's all we got going on. Um, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, tell a friend. Go back, listen to some old episodes. We've got a pretty good backlog if you want to re-listen to anything. Sometimes I forget stuff we've talked about, and I'll do a little, oh like, God. mini re-listening. It's kind of fun. <laughs> we've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. I always forget. We've been doing this podcast for almost, like, what, three years? <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. It's been a minute. But we have a big backlog, so if you need something to kind of take your mind off of stuff, we are here. we got a backlog for you. If you have any cool stories, recommendations for spooky stuff we should check out, you can email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ghostemojishow, you know? Yeah. If you, if you want to, give us a little you know, follow, say hello. Just maybe. It's always nice to reach out. I feel like I've talked to my friends way more on the internet. I've FaceTimed with way more people <laughs> lately, yeah. and I'm like, man, it's so easy to connect with people. Why don't we do this more often? So, yeah, send us a little a little hello. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. But that's it for today. So until next time, always remember to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.